Well, praise the Lord, everybody. This is J.W. Brand here at God's Whole Word. Amen. And I am uh, happy to be with you here on this Friday evening. We are running a little behind. And it's uh, been a busy day. But y'all y'all know what it's like to have a busy day. You know, sometimes it's just uh, one of those things that happen. But uh, we want to get right on in uh, to the Word of God here for a moment and talk about some things. And so let's go to God in prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that your word is there to lead us and guide us and direct us. And Lord, I, I don't want to sound repetitious, but Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for preserving your word. I thank you, God, that your word is, as the book of Ephesians says, we are washed by the water of the word. And I thank you, Lord, that we can go in the Word, and the Word can wash us, it can clean us up, and help us, Lord, uh, to stay on track and to uh, serve you with all of our heart, mind, and soul, body, and spirit. Amen. And so, Lord, we just ask God that you would uh, open our ears and our eyes, our spiritual ears and eyes, and our hearts, God, that uh, we would be uh, open to hear you, and that we would receive your word, and that it would fall on good ground, and that, God, you would take it and, and multiply it many times over, that we would bear fruit, Lord, from the Holy Ghost power. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody, uh, if I was in church, I'd say everybody say amen. So amen, hallelujah. All right, so what I'd like to do, if we can tonight, is direct our attention to the book of Romans, chapter 8. And uh, uh, this is a, a wonderful chapter. There's just a wonderful uh, book, excuse me. Uh, so many things packed away in this wonderful book. And uh, it was written to the Christians in Rome. And uh, it's certainly a lot of uh, good things uh, in in these um, chapters that are here up in the book of Romans. And so uh, it is that chapter 8 is, a, um, it is a, uh, a, a wonderful chapter as well because it can encourage us, it can help us through some of those difficult times. And I'll talk a little bit for a moment about uh, suffering because we all suffer in one way or another. I don't think that anybody on the earth, if you lived any time long on this earth at all, you're going to have found some suffering somewhere, somehow, uh, either through physical suffering, emotional suffering, or, uh, you know, relationship suffering, and the finances suffering, or uh, whatever the case may be, there's many, many things that we can fall under, uh, or that can fall under the category of suffering in this life and so i want to look at this for a moment hebrews uh, excuse me not the book of hebrew we're in the book of romans uh book of romans chapter 8 and we're going to start with verse 12 and we're going to read on down to 28 for a moment and so verse 12 it says therefore brethren we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh once god saves you and baptized you with that holy ghost and fire we are no longer a debtor. We don't owe that flesh anything, but uh, we are to no longer live after the flesh. You know, before we were filled with the Holy Ghost, before God came into our lives, before we repented and turned our lives over to the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, we lived after the flesh. Now, I know that I did. I know that I 
lived after the flesh, and I remember those things, and uh, certainly don't want to dwell on them, but I remember those things, and and uh, many of us uh, who lived a life without the Lord in the beginning uh, of our walk with God, we could look back and feel that uh, uh, shame and that guilt of, of the life that we lived and how that the Lord has had so much mercy and forgiveness uh, to us uh, poured out towards us and uh, it's a wonderful thing and so we no longer are to live after the flesh doing the things the flesh won't and uh, following after the flesh's behavior you know and uh, you know I remember many years ago that uh, as I began to walk with the Lord you know there were things that uh, God had to work on me because I had I had an attitude I had not only an attitude but I had a temper and, uh, uh, you know, and uh, you know, we can look in our lives, so many of us, and uh, I don't want to discount that our past can affect us. I'm not trying to discount that when I say what I'm going to say. But, uh, you know, so many of us want to live in the past and blame everything on the past, and, uh, and it causes us to not move forward in God. And uh, so, you know, there are things certainly that uh, can affect each and every one of us, but we can look in the Word of God and we can find that uh, God is not willing to put the blame on anybody. He said that if your father didn't live right and you've chosen to live right, then that's the right thing for you to do. If the father lived right and the son decided not to, that's not going to be on the father. As long as you taught your son or your daughter how to live, uh, then that is not on you because you have done your best to walk with the Lord and serve the Lord and guide your children. And so if they fall off the wagon of holiness and they don't want to serve God no more and they want to go on their way and live after the flesh, you know in your heart and soul as the word of God directs us and tells us that God's not going to put that to your blame because you did what you could. And you continue, I'm sure, to pray for your children if they've fallen by the wayside. I've got children that are uh, no longer living for the Lord. And, um, you know, you do what you can to try to teach them and, and uh, try to get them to serve the Lord and all of those things. And so, but each and every one of us, we are to give an account to God. And, uh, you know, uh, but again, I don't want to discount that, yes, Things in our past, you know, you could have suffered a lot of abuse. Now, I, myself, personally, I suffered an immense amount. Actually, I could even go as far as to say an astounding amount of uh, emotional and physical abuse as I was growing up. And uh, we won't go into all that, but a lot of difficult moments for me. And I could take that, and I did. Uh, I could take that and I could run with it for a long time and trying to blame everybody and everything that ever went wrong uh, in the beginning of my life and the different things that I had to go on through. But you got to understand that there comes a point when we have to do what the Apostle Paul did. He said, I'm, I'm putting those things behind me and I'm moving forward. We've got to learn to move forward. And I'll tell you, as we move forward in our lives, and we make up our mind to honor God and to live for God, that doesn't mean this suffering ain't going to come. Because life is short and full of trouble. I tell you, this life can be difficult. And when you're serving the Lord, 
I have found that when I made up my mind to walk with God and when I made up my mind that I was going to give God everything, 100%, I had people coming out of the woodwork come up against me. And if you truly are serving the Lord, you will find that to be true. Now, if you're going to live halfway, half-hearted, and you got one foot in the world and you got one foot trying to serve God, well, certainly, uh, you're probably not going to come up to uh, too much persecution because... Uh, people going to see that you got a foot in the world and so they just, you know, they're going to look at you. You're just a hypocrite. They don't, they don't put no mind to that. But if you make up your mind, you say, I'm not putting my foot up in the world no more. I'm going to get my foot up out of the world and I'm going to live for God and I'm going to work where the world, uh, I'm going to serve the Lord and, and obey Him and live for Him like He asked me to live and I'm going to serve Him in holiness. Well, when you do that and you make up your mind to serve God with all your heart and you certainly cannot do it in and of yourself. It's not possible for anybody to do that. We've got to have the strength of the Lord. We go in His strength. We go in His power. Hallelujah! We go in His strength and we go in His power and we go in His anointing. Under His power do we live and breathe and move and, and live this life of holiness. You can't do it on your own. It just won't work. But I'll tell you, there's suffering to be had. And so we want to look at the verses of Scripture that talk uh, some of these things about some of these things it says therefore brethren we're not debtors to the flesh to live after the flesh we serve in the Lord we don't do that it says verse 13 says for if we live after the flesh ye shall die you hear that if you're just going to follow what the flesh wants and you're going to know the difference because the things that the flesh wants is not what God wants the Bible tells us that the flesh is the enemy of God and so you know that when the flesh is, is in charge and the flesh is ruling and the flesh is reigning, there are things that are going to be uh, thought of and, and desired that are not going to put no pleasing, uh, uh, pleasing thought to God uh, towards you because you have uh, followed after the flesh. But it says, for if we live after the flesh, you shall die. That's what's going to happen. Now, you say, well, we're all going to die. Well, that's true. So think about that for a minute. That don't mean you ain't going to physically die. Every last one of us physically dies. So it's not talking about that. It's talking about spiritually dying. So, and that is the second death. Now, you don't want that to happen because you're going to, the second death don't mean that you ain't going to feel and hear and see and all of that. No. The second death, what that means is you are literally out, dead out of the presence of God. You have been absolutely pressed out you are no longer there where your prayers are heard and god will not hear you any longer because you followed after the flesh and would not walk after the spirit of god and this is what says happens here we die spiritually we're going to die spiritually you don't want that to happen you don't want the second death to take over because that means we will be permanently separated from God. That, and that's the reason why it's called the second death. Because there is no eternal life in peace and joy and happiness and all of those uh, wonderful things that God has planned for us. I remember seeing not long ago, uh, I saw a tweet uh, that Elon Musk said. And he said something about, he didn't know that, he didn't think he wanted to, uh, to live forever and thought that somehow that was not a good thing in some way. I don't remember exactly how the tweet went, and I'm not trying to quote him per verbatim, but uh, but I thought about that, and I thought, well, brother, you don't you don't understand the, the, the truth about eternity. Eternity is wonderful. The thought to live forever 
in God's presence. It's not going to be boring. It's not like you're just going to sit there and go hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. You know there's people that think that. Now we're going we're gonna to have our time to hallelujah. We're going to have our time to praise the Lord. But God's got some plans. God's got some good things coming to us. And we can look forward to those things. But we've got to keep our mind on state on Jesus. We've got to keep our nose to the grind and make up our mind that we're going to serve the Lord and we're going to give him all 100%. And so, it says, for if you live after flesh, you shall die. But if you live after the Spirit, now that's a capital S, it's talking about the Spirit of God. It says, if you, if ye through the Spirit, all right, there's no other way to do this, folks. You can't do this without the Spirit of God. You've got to do this through the Spirit. You say, what is it you're going to do? It says, if ye through the Spirit, means you, do mortify the deeds of the body. Are you hearing that? The deeds of the body. The things the body does. The fleshly things that the body wants to do. Now, now that doesn't mean that God is uh, approved. Alright, and I'm gonna say this because a lot of people they say all them Christian, they just they so boring and they they don't no, I'll tell you what. Uh, no, you don't have to be bored. You don't have to I, I we have a good time serving the Lord. And you say, Well, you know uh, God set you prude and, 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 and you can't enjoy sex and all no, you can have the best sex life you ever had. But uh, but you know, because the thing of it is if you got your mind understood and made up that God is going to bring somebody to your life and, and uh, somebody that you're going to be attracted to and that you're going to love and they're going to love you and, and you can feel the freedom of sharing that life with them and becoming one and, uh, and, and enjoying just a good time. And because, you see, uh, God, you know, he's the one to create a sex. I don't know why people think God's such a prude. But that's not true. You can, uh, you can enjoy your sex life uh, with, with truly, the Bible says, within a marital relationship. And so we've got to make sure that we uh, enjoy that in a marital relationship. Now, that don't mean you you having sex with somebody else and married to somebody else. That's not what that means. It means in a marital relationship with you. And so that's what God wants us to do. And, and, then, and you've got the freedom to enjoy uh, each other's body. The Bible talks about that and all that. And I won't get into all of that, but I'm just saying, so many people, they fail to understand that God, uh, He wants us to enjoy life. Now, you know, uh, the, the other thing, you know, some people, well, they, you know, they say, well, what if I don't find anybody? What if I'm not, you know, the, uh, you know, uh, you know, the Bible said, God will give you the desires of your heart. If you will give your life to the Lord and you will seek Him first, that's what the Bible says. If you'll seek Him first, the Bible says they give you the desires of your heart. Now, because, see, if you're seeking God first, you're not going to want to be, you know, having sex with every Tom, Dick, and Harry that's running around out there. You don't want to do that because, uh, you know, number one, you're going to get disease. You you could end up with a disease that caused you to die, uh, you know, and uh, uh, just all kinds of terrible things, you know. Some, some of you, you know, you bouncing from bed to bed, you're going to wake up one day with bugs all crawling all over your crotch. And everything else. You say, well, I ain't never heard a preacher talk like that. Well, we got to talk. You know, the Bible says that God gives everything for life and godliness. We got to talk about these things. And I told y'all, I'm going to tell it like it is. I'm not going to mess around. I'm going to tell you like it is. And some of you folks out there, 
you you know what I'm talking about, and you don't you don't want to tell anybody, and you should, and then you go home and you share in that with with the person you're married to, and then they they come up with buggies themselves crawling all over them, and they're privates, and and then next thing you know, you got all kinds of problems, and then you got probably a divorce coming, or somebody maybe even uh, you know I tell you some of these things been going on. Some people uh, they they get violent, you know, and uh, you say well. A Christian shouldn't be violent. Well, a Christian shouldn't be dropping their drawers for everybody either. Isn't that right? You ought to be living for God and 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 making sure that you're only going to be having sex with that one that God has given to you. Now, I want just a brief uh, moment. I know some people that say, well, I ain't got a spouse and this, that, and the other, and I'm, I've got a sex drive and all that. Well, we've talked about masturbation. We've talked about that, and I'm going to just say real brief. Uh, you preachers out there that keep telling people that masturbation is a sin, you need to stop that nonsense. There ain't no sense in that. Now, can masturbation become a sin? Absolutely. Absolutely, it certainly can. Because if you are just so centered on all of that, and that's all your life is about, you, you've made that masturbation your God. You're going to you're gonna have to tone that down. And so, you know, but, uh, but you know, God didn't... Uh, you know the Lord didn't talk about that in his in his word, and we certainly want to be careful not to speak where the Lord don't speak. But um, you know, and certainly uh, you you would not want to in any of your relationship, whether you uh, are uh, needing to uh, have sexual release through masturbation, or whether or not you're married, uh, marital relationship, and you're enjoying sex. No one should be involved with pornography in those instances and nobody uh you know if you're single you ain't got no business you know sharing like you, you know you say well well come over here and and uh, uh you know as long as you don't touch me and i don't touch you you say well how do you get to such detail because i've talked to a lot of people and i'm telling you what uh people do things they try to figure out ways to skirt around god's ways and all of that kind of thing and uh you know there's a time and a place and so uh, you you know, and some people say, well, I suffer because uh, I, I, I have this sex drive and I suffer because I can't I just, and I feel like I just got to run on and, you know, get hooked up with somebody or whatever so I can have uh, some relations. Well, you know, that means that you are moved by your flesh. That means your flesh drives you. That means you're not being moved by the spirit. And so when we look at this word, it says, if, you, if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. And so it takes the Spirit of God to help us to uh, have some self-control. The Bible talks about self-control. There's different words uh, in the New Testament. If y'all come along with us on our podcast and our uh, uh, Bible studies and, uh, on Wednesday nights that we have uh, the eunuch preacher. Uh, I just put a plug in there for the eunuch preacher. Uh, the eunuch preacher we have Wednesday night Bible studies and then also uh, the eunuch preacher if you look it up we have a Sabbath service and it includes our whole worship service but on the on the Wednesday night Bible studies we talk about a lot of things right now we've been talking about the uh, Solomon's temple and how that relates to us and uh, how we how we um, are to treat this the temple of the Holy Ghost but um, as we look in this word we find that through the spirit uh, it says, if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body. 
So there are there are limitations. In other words, you, you know, uh, you couldn't wake up in the morning and then all day long you're just thinking about having sex and you're just going to have sex and you just keep on and on and on and on. And and what that is is you've gotten yourself addicted. So you know, and you say, well, what if me and my spouse have sex once a day? Well, that's you know, that's up to y'all. You know, you the Bible talks about those things. There ain't nothing um, uh, wrong with those things. Uh, and the same thing with masturbation. Uh, you know, just uh, when you, even in your life, whatever is involved in your sex life, whether you be single or whether you be in a marital relationship, remember to take God, take yourself to God in prayer and ask God to guide you and to lead you. Now, there ain't nothing wrong with that. You say, well, that sounds a little freaky. You know, and be praying and saying, Lord, uh, you know, uh, me and my spouse, we uh, want to be able to have a proper relationship and we don't want it to get uh, to where that uh, nothing else is in our life. You know, some people, they get so involved, they don't get in, they, they, they can't even get involved with the church. They can't get involved with their family. They can't, because they're just so uh, uh, involved with one another and their, and their drive. And there's, like I said, ain't nothing wrong with the drive. It's just that uh, you're going to have to learn how to uh, have some self-control and ask God. So if, if your thing is, you know, once a day, y'all got to, uh, you know, you're going to be intimate. Well, that's, you know, talk to the Lord. And the same thing with masturbation. So I don't want to talk any much more about that, but I wanted to bring that up because a lot of people struggle about those things. They think, uh, well, what's wrong with me? I have such a, you know, uh, you know, many, many people, you don't have to be just a young person to have a high sex drive. Many people have those things. And, and when they become a Christian and they are not, uh, you know, uh, married, especially those that are not married yet and they really struggle. And I just want you to know, look, God loves you. God uh, cares about you. And uh, don't allow yourself to be bamboozled and feeling uh, guilty just because you you know uh, you might involve yourself with masturbation. There's just no sense in it because people um, there's many many people out there, and I know there's going to be preachers that are going to slam me up one side and down the other for everything I've just said. But I'm going to tell you what: uh, the Word of God is not here to to bind us up to things that uh, God never intended. You know, and and when you look at the Apostle Paul and he's instructing now, the Apostle Paul was a single man. Um, but the Apostle Paul, he talks to the, those in a marital relationship and he tells them, you know, uh, if you're going to refrain from your sexual uh, behavior for, with one another for fasting or whatever, it, you know, if, if there's a time that you're going to be fasting and praying, uh, then make sure that at one point that you come back together because he said you don't want to be tempted to commit adultery and uh, follow after prostitutes or whatever. Uh, and and those you can find that. So if if that is true for marital couples, that their sex drive would be taken care of in that manner with one another, then it would stand to reason as well uh, that we use wisdom, but uh, that masturbation should not be something that people are... Uh, put to guilt over because uh, the sex drive is going to need to be taken care of. And and uh, now, of course, there's proper uh, things about that. You ought not be putting yourself... Now, I'm going to get real blunt here. I'm going to tell it like it is because I know these things go on. You ought not be... Don't you be putting yourself online. If you're going to be a Christian, 
You don't be sitting there putting yourself online and, 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 and showing everybody what you're doing. There ain't no sense in that. And, and you, you don't involve little children. You don't do that. God's going to get you over that kind of stuff. And, and, and you go to jail and all that other kind of thing. You don't, you don't do that. You don't put children at risk and uh, so on and so forth. Now, if it's a young person, well, the same goes for you. Even if you are a young person, you're a teenager or whatever. Well, you, you don't do this. The same thing goes for you. Don't you be uh, getting your uh, siblings involved. Don't you be getting anybody involved. No, there's a, you know, there's, there's a proper time and place. And uh, if you've got to find uh, that, you've got to remember all, all of you ought to understand that, um, uh, you know, there's a lot of folks that have, uh, and I'm just going to tell it like it is. I'm just going to let it all come out and talk about it because I have heard these things. Now, I'm not going to tell where I've heard, and I'm not going to say all of those things, but I'm, I'm going to tell you, you know, some people got a mind they're going to go out. And, and hide out in public and, and, and having sex out in public and, and doing all this kind of stuff and masturbating out in the public and all these things that you've, you've literally seen some of these crazy things that people do. Well, the problem with that is you're not mortifying the deeds of the body. You're allowing yourself to just do whatever. You're allowing yourself, your flesh, to just take over instead of letting the Spirit of God uh, uh, guide you and lead you into what is proper and right. Okay, because the Bible does talk about, uh, and and I know some uh, people not going to like what I'm getting ready to say, uh, but uh, this podcast, for the most part, we don't we don't encourage for children to listen anyway. Uh, they should be uh, guided by their parents, and certainly should be uh, of a proper age to be listening to any of the podcasts that we do. But uh, you know, the Scripture talks about, and some preacher they're going to sit there. And they won't, they won't argue with what I'm saying. But I'm telling you right now, there's scripture that proves that there's an improper way of using your penis. And you say, well, what about the, the women and all that? Well, I'm just, I'm going to talk to the men right now. And the reason I'm going to talk to the men right now is because so many of them, they, uh, they are caught in improper situations one way or another because they are allowing their sex drive to get completely out of control. And, and it doesn't mean that God is approved. It doesn't mean that God says, oh, well, you can't enjoy your sex life. And all that. But there's boundaries. There's boundaries. And there's places and spaces that uh, should not be had, should not be done, and so on and so forth. And so, um, you know, uh, some people just going to have to understand. Maybe you're going to have to be alone in the shower or whatever you got to do. But you're going you're to have to be proper in what you're doing. All right. So enough of that. But um, so... If you're suffering in that area, take it to God. God, God can help you out, and don't let you know, these preachers guilt you down. Now, if you got if you got pornography, I just want to say this one more time: get that pornography out of your house. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's a book. I don't care if it's a you know magazine with pictures. I don't care if it's a movie. It, it, none of it. And when I say pornography, I'm gonna tell you what: there are PG-13s that are pretty close with some of the things that go on. And if that's you know something that you've got going on in your house, uh, you're gonna have to. We don't even allow we don't even allow R-rated movies in our home because there's too much going on with them. And so uh, you know, in some PG movies we don't or PG-13 we don't either because of some of the you know there's even nudity in there. And if you are one that uh, has 
been addicted to pornography or anything like that, it's not the place for you to go. You really cannot go down that road. And really, no Christian should be going down any road of watching somebody traipse across a screen butt naked and, uh, you know, uh, doing their thing or whatever they're doing. So uh, we got to live holy. We've got to walk holy. We've got to serve God and please Him and honor Him in our sex lives. All right. So we've got to mortify the deeds of the body. Is that not part of the body? Certainly. But you know what else is a part of the body is that tongue. You say, what are you talking about? I'm talking about the things people say. Do you know people just let their tongue just wag and go on and then people suffer? There are people that suffer because of the mouth that's ran because of the things that people say. And I'm not talking about the world. The world's going to behave like that. You're going to have to understand the world going to behave like that. But I'll tell you what, Christians should not behave like, uh, acting like that because uh, we are to be an example of Christ in the world. We're not supposed to be talking filth. You, you shouldn't be uh, running around telling racist jokes. Don't you know that hurts people and people suffer at that, at that hand? And, and you say, well, I, I, I do it behind closed doors. It don't matter. You're not behind closed doors. The Lord sees everything you do. Are you so foolish that you think that because you're behind a closed door that the Lord don't, don't see you and don't hear you? Let me tell you something. If you've been baptized with the Holy Ghost, don't you know Jesus goes everywhere you go? Yes, he does. He goes everywhere you go. And so uh, we cause people suffering by the things that we say many times. And so we've got to be uh, able to mortify those deeds of the body, those things that are said that shouldn't be said because it causes suffering. Now, you know, you might get mad. You might, well, mad may be not the right word, but angry. Mad means, you know, you're not right in your mind. But um, uh, angry. Some people get so angry and they say things, uh, and, and once they say them, you can't take back what you've said. Once you have put it out there and once you've said it and you've said it to hurt the person, you cannot turn around and take it back. It's already been said. And many people suffer uh, at the mouth of people that claim to be Christians. They claim to, and, and if you say to them, well, you shouldn't be talking like that. Well, I'm just, you know, I, I, I'm just a failed person. I'm a fallen person. And they use all these excuses as to why they do not mortify the deeds of the body. But the Bible says to mortify it. You know what the word mortify means? It means put to death. Now, that don't mean in the literal sense. When you look it up, it means it, it is a, it a figurative uh, way of speech here. But you put it to death. In other words, what you did before, you don't allow that to happen anymore because you're being guided by the Spirit of God, or at least you should be. If you're guided by the Spirit of God, you should be able to stop your words when you know full well you're getting ready to say something to somebody that you know it's going to cause them to suffer. They're going to suffer emotionally uh, and so on and so forth at, at the hurt that you say. And this ought not to be with Christians. Now, this is the thing that we want to talk about for a moment because uh, there's no sense in people causing people to suffer when you claim to be a Christian. There's no excuse for it. It's got to stop. And, and, and you're gonna, you can't stop it on your own. You're going to have to let that Holy Ghost get a hold of you. And you know the Bible talks about being full of the Holy Ghost. You cannot in any way, shape, or form, be able to follow through. Because the Bible says, if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds, you have got to do it through the Spirit of God. 
It has got to be done. Don't sit there and tell me you're going to wake up and tomorrow you're just going to make up your mind that you're not going to be saying those hurtful things that you said either to your wife or your husband. Do you know? And, and, and there are plenty of husbands where you just dog your wife. And you talk about her so bad, you know, you're telling her she don't clean the dishes right. She don't, and, and don't you know, son, I, I remember talking to a young man one time. I was counseling a young man. He wanted to talk to me, and he came to me, and he didn't get the answer he thought he was going to get. And uh, he was one, you know, he worked all day long. I understand that. He was a hard worker. He worked all day long. and But his wife also worked all day long, but she was home all day long. You say, well, what do you mean? Well, she had three children, uh, uh, five and younger, and one of them was a baby. And uh, so they had three children. One of them was a few months old, and the other one was about three, and the other one was about uh, four. Uh, or two, no, one was, one was two, and one was uh, four, and then there was a baby. And uh, so he came to me, and he was, he was frustrated. He said, can I talk to you, brother? And I said, yes. And so he started talking to me, and he said, I just get so frustrated. He said, I come home, and he said, the house is a mess. And he said, dinner's not cooked. And he said, I'm hungry. And he said, I've been working all day and blah, 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 blah. And I let him go on for a little bit. And then I said to him, and I'm not going to say what his name was, but I called him by name. And I said, so do you think that your wife, and I'm not going to call her by her name neither. I said, do you think your wife ain't worked all day? I said, don't you know? And, and you know, he said some hurtful things to her, that she was lazy and she was this and she was that and so on and so forth. And uh, it, it was very hurtful, suffering. You know, because she had been taking care of those children all day long. And so I said to him, I said, do you think that your wife has not worked all day long just as hard as you? And maybe harder? I said, let me tell you something. I said, you know what you need to do? I said, you need to trade days one time. Now, I said, I know that your wife probably can't go to work for you. I said, but give her the day off. I said, and then you go take care of all three of those children and you make sure everything is done that you just got through telling me you think should be done by the end of the day and those children are going to be uh, pristine clean and uh, everything's going to be just chippy. I said, you, you, you go on and do that and let's see how that works out for you. And, uh, you know, that was not the answer that he expected. And so you husbands, you're going to have to understand something. Your wives... If they are working from home, don't sit there and call them lazy. Don't sit there and, and cause them to suffer at your words because maybe, you know, they've had a rough day. Maybe, uh, you know, especially if there's little ones. you got to be more loving and caring and concerned about what your wife's been through. You don't know maybe she's just had a real difficult day because uh, being around the children all day and there's no adults to talk to. And, uh, and, and maybe you've been around adults and you've been interacting with people at work all day long. Well, she's been interacting with these little ones all day long. And so you're going to have to think about those things. So, But on the flip side, now we're going to talk to you wives. I've seen some wives that just dog their husbands. And you say things that cause your husband to feel like he is less than nothing because of the things you say. And he suffers at that mouth of yours. And so it can work both ways. I've seen women that just belittle their husband, just absolutely belittle them, and uh, you know, and they feel like they're not even worth the husband that they thought they were, and uh, they get cut down one way and another, and uh, you know, and it should not be this way. If if you made a vow to one another to love one another, you're gonna have to remember those vows, 
And maybe you're going to have to take some time to sit there and say those vows over to one another again. Because it should not be that we're suffering at the mouth of each other, especially we call ourselves Christian. Now, we expect it in the world, but I'll tell you what, it sure enough should not be expected in the house of God with the people of God. It should be different. And especially for those that have been baptized with the Holy Ghost. Now, you've got the Spirit of God there to lead you and direct you. And it says to mortify the deeds through the Spirit. You've got to let that Holy Ghost help you out. You're going to have to let the Spirit of God mortify the deeds of the body. All right, let's go on. I've been talking a lot about these things. Now, verse 14, it says, but I do want to say something at the end of verse 13. It says, for if, if, if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. You have got to mortify the deeds of the body in order to live. You cannot expect... You know, I, I get so tired of this thing where people say, well, as long as I believe in Jesus, I don't have to do nothing else. Do you know the Bible don't teach that? If, your faith, if you have real faith, your faith is supposed to be seen in your actions. Your faith, your real faith, true faith, is supposed to show up in how you behave, in how you live your life. Otherwise, it's not real faith. It's just words. And the Lord said himself, he said, they, they, they worship me with their mouth, but with their hearts, they do not. And so let's look at verse 14. It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. If you're not being led by the Spirit of God, there's only one other thing you're being led by. Actually, two. One, your flesh, and two, the devil. Well, actually, we can add a third one, the world. You got your flesh, you got the, the world, and you got the devil all pulling at you. Why? Well, because you're not being led by the Spirit of God. All it takes is you being led by the Spirit of God. But don't you know what lead means? It means God wants to take the lead. That means what does He direct you to do? What does He direct me to do? What does He say in His Word that we're to do? We're to be led by Him. He's to tell us what we're to do, and, and we're to be obedient to that. That's true faith. All right. It says they are the sons of God or the daughters of God, the children of God. Verse 15. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Now see, under the law, there's a spirit of bondage. But, uh, you know, God is saying, look, I've set you free. By the spirit of the living God, I have set you free. You have the ability and the power that I've given to you on the inside of you to live the way that you're supposed to live. But you've got to be led. And to be led, that means you've got to submit. If you don't submit to God, you're not being led of Him. You're being led by either the devil or your flesh or the world. All right, verse 15. For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption. And that is... that. Uh, word on spirit is a capital S, meaning the spirit of God. The spirit of adoption, whereby we cry out a father. Amen. Verse 16. Uh, before we go to verse 16. So that means that if you are walking in the spirit of God, you have been adopted by God. You are a child of the living God. You can call out to your father. You can ask him for whatever you need, whatever help that you need. God is going to be there for you. Verse 16, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit. Now, that first word spirit is a capital S. The Spirit itself, that's talking about the Holy Ghost. Beareth witness with our spirit. That's a little S, so that means our spirit that's inside of us. Because we are body, soul, and spirit. 
That's what we are, body, soul, and spirit. So our spirit, it says, the spirit of God, that is that capital S. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. You should know down in your soul by the spirit of God that you are a child of the living God. And you should know that and you should see the, the uh, change that God has uh, made in your life. If there has been no change in your life to be more like Jesus Christ and you've been serving the Lord for a long time, then something is not right with your faith. Your belief has failed you. Amen. And, you know, the Bible says that we can fail grace. Do you know that? We can fail the grace of God. God has given you unmerited favor, but you can fail the grace of God by not allowing yourself to grow, by not allowing yourself to serve God. And then we end up being an instrument of suffering to other people. That ought not be. All right. So let's go on to verse 17. And if the children then heirs, heir of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Verse 18. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. So now it is telling us that we're going to suffer. But what we've laid out here for the last 40 minutes almost is the suffering should not come at our own hands and our own mouth if we claim to be a Christian. That should not be. But there is suffering that's going to go on. If you're going to follow the Lord, trust me when I tell you there's going to be some suffering. There's going to be some painful moments. There's going to be some difficult times. But in verse 18 it says, For I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. One day you are going to see the absolute glory of God changing our mortal bodies into immortality. And that cannot be compared in any way, shape, or form to the suffering that we deal with in this life. Sometimes, folks, now we've talked about suffering at the people's uh, hands, suffering through people's words and the things they say and how they treat each other and so on and so forth. And I'm going to say one more thing also. Uh, we've talked about the husband and wives. I'm going to talk about the children and, and their parents and the parents and the children. Parents, you've got to treat your children right. Now, that don't mean that you're not going to correct them. That don't mean that you're not going to guide them and lead them and all of that. But don't be mean and hateful to your children. Now, that doesn't mean that when you ground them and take something away from them because they didn't listen to what was said, that's not being cruel to them. They've got to learn. They've got to learn how to behave. But, you know, I have seen parents. I've watched on, uh, I watch some of these funny videos on TV. And I've seen some videos that I don't find a bit funny because I, I see parents doing things to their children that is absolutely cruel. That's absolutely cruel and they're sitting there laughing and their child is crying. And it's, there's no sense in that. And so if you're a Christian, there ain't no sense in that whatsoever. Not at all. That should not happen. Now on the other flip side, I know that there ain't going to be no children more than likely listening to this podcast, but I'm going to say to you parents, uh, you know, you've got to teach your children to respect you. You've got to teach your children to respect. But remember, 
if you treat them well and love them with all of your heart, they will learn a lot faster to respect you. Now you got to stand your ground. You can't bend just because uh, you know they don't like your rules of holiness. You know, my children a lot of times they got mad at me because I said, "Well, you, we're not. We're, you're not doing that. We don't do that." Well, other kids are doing it. I said, "Well, it don't matter to me. I don't care." And and you can't, you know, get in this tug of war with your children about trying to make them happy. That is the biggest mistake that parents make because you think that you got to make your children happy. Well, that's not even reality because a lot of times kids are not going to be happy with the choices that the parents have to make in order to keep either their children safe or uh, or to keep peace in the home and so on and so forth. And so, uh, but but treat treat your children well and teach them respect, and uh, God God will help you out. Now, so I do want to say a little more here, and I've I've made some notations here. It says. Uh, God is not working on our behalf to make us happy. That's not God's agenda. God is not out to make us happy. God is going to work for the good that comes uh, in our life. You know, sometimes there's difficult things that come to our lives. Sometimes we suffer and, uh, and, and, and people say, well, why is God letting me suffer? Why do I have to go through this? You know, there's been people that have suffered some terrible, terrible things. You know, sometimes people have gotten cancer and sometimes people have, you know, some family members, they just, you know, they wake up and they've got their loved ones and then by the end of the day, they're not there either because they've been killed in a car accident or they've had a heart attack. And it's very hard to deal with those things sometimes. But remember, this life is going to have suffering. There's going to be some difficult times. And I don't mean to belittle anyone or to make anyone not feel any comfort uh, if you are going through those times I certainly my heart goes out to you I know that uh, sudden deaths and anything like that or suffering through watching somebody uh, slowly die of a disease such as cancer it's very difficult to deal with those things and so my heart goes out to you and I certainly will take you to prayer um, that God will help you through those things but what I want to say, and I again, I don't mean to belittle anyone's suffering at all, but God is not out to make us happy. That is not what God is going to do. So what I would like to do is I would like to, uh, for a moment, if, if we can, I want to turn, it's still in chapter um, 8, but I want you to go down to verse 31. All right. It says, what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Now you may say, well, I'm, some of my things are being taken away. I get that and I understand. And, you know, when I have dealt with so much heartache, this last year, 2022, was filled with a lot of heartache. Uh, for us, we lost our um, not only um, our son, we did lose our son, and he died of a drug overdose, and it is still a very difficult thing to, to deal with at times. And I try my best uh, not to dwell on it too much, uh, but it has been a very painful year to go through that and to... Uh, suffer through that. He was only 22 years old, 
And um, I cannot express to you how painful that is. And I know that there are many parents out there you've suffered through those type of things. And uh, my heart goes out to you. I, I can't say that I know your pain, but I can say I, I feel your pain. I feel um, I, it is a pain that you can't really put words to it. It's hard to express when your child dies so young and under such terrible circumstances. And, you know, and this is the thing, you know, you train your children and you teach them how to walk with God. And some of them just do not obey. And they fall by the wayside and they get involved with people they shouldn't. And they get involved with things that they shouldn't. And it's such a hard thing to deal with, especially if their life is taken. It's, it's beyond, almost beyond words to express. But... Um, I, I want to tell you that I will be praying for any and all people that are dealing with that kind of suffering because that is a very deep suffering and especially for Christians, especially for Christian parents because so many people suffer, so many Christian parents suffer at the hands of other people that claim to be Christian. They can say some very hurtful things when you're going through something like that. And that is the worst time uh, for anybody to, you know, be so blatant and blunt uh, in what you think might have caused this or what you think may have went on when you could be completely out of bounds and uh, so far off the mark. Because you have to remember, we raise our children, we can raise our children to love the Lord and to serve the Lord, but each and every person makes their choices in life. And... Um, and it's hard when your children don't make the right choices. It's very, very difficult. And so with that said, I, my heart goes out to you that are dealing with any of these things, um, as well as those maybe that have committed suicide. You know, there's some, uh, you know, Christians that have dealt with their children uh, either attempting suicide or actually having committed suicide. And it is a very, very difficult thing to deal with and so all I ask are those of you who want to be so quick to say something remember you know you can say something to one person and you can tell them pay attention you can tell them don't say to so and so I said this or I said that and guess what it gets back around and and you want to put out your judgment and you want to say things and you can be so far off the mark because many, many, many times parents have done their dead level best, and I don't mean no pun intended, I don't mean to hurt anybody, but they've done absolutely everything that they can do and they've continued to pray and seek God and ask God for help through those things. And many uh, Christian parents have suffered with their children having gone through uh, emotional problems and, and are dealing with that right now. I, there's one particular... A uh, woman that I know of right now, and I've talked to her, and uh, uh, she's talked to me many times about the difficulties that she's dealt with with her son's um, emotional problems. He's uh, schizophrenic, and just a, uh, there's a lot of uh, suffering going on out there. And so, 
when we look at that, let's let's look at what the Word of God says. It says, "Shall what shall we say of these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? God is for you. God does love you. No matter what your suffering is, I tell you right now, God loves you. He loves you more than you will ever, ever know. He loves you more than you will ever, ever know. And let's go on and read verse 32. It says, He spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with uh, him also freely give us all things? God is going to give you what you need to get you through. Just keep your hand in the Lord's hand. Don't let him go. Don't let him go. Hang on to him. Please don't let him go. I know it feels like, you know, sometimes we, we, we want to be angry with God, with the things that we suffer through. And, and, uh, but, but remember, God has our good. He really does. And he is not out to make us happy. That is so true. But God is going to take the difficult things and turn them around for our good. I promise you he will if you were just hang on to him. Hang on to him and don't let him go. And so verse 33, it says, Who shall lay anything at the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. So any of those things that people have said, don't allow anybody to charge God's elect. Listen, if you're a child of God and you know you're serving God, don't let anybody say anything to you and try to drag you through the mud. Just hang on to God because God is the one that justifies. He's the one that's seen everything. He's the one that knows all that you've done. He understands everything that you did to help your children or, or whoever it may be. You know, I've heard of husbands that have, committed suicide wives that have committed suicide and it, it is so devastating it is so difficult to deal with those things but God is there to help you through I promise just hang on to him and don't worry about what people are saying and and and, and pray for God to bring those people in your life that's going to encourage you, that's going to strengthen you. They're there. God knows who they are. They're there. And ask God to bring them to your life. It may take a while, but hang on. And don't worry about, if if some of those people, they've, they've said things and they've talked bad about you, it says, who, who, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Verse 34. And this is chapter 8 of the book of Romans. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God who make also maketh intercession for us? Christ is the judge. Don't let people uh, beat you down and say, well, if you would have done this or you would have done that. Because God sees everything. Just trust him and hang on to him. And then it says in verse 35, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, shall distress, or persecution, or famine? It means where you don't have hardly nothing left in your cupboard to eat. Hang on. Trust God. I've seen God do many, many, many things. I've seen Him do many miracles. 
And sometimes it takes us getting down to our last dime and God comes in on time. I've seen him do it many times. Hang on and God will get you through. Through nakedness and peril and sword. You know, you might have people that are coming at you. Sword, that represents those that are trying to literally physically hurt you. Or they're trying to physic, uh, trying to uh, damage your reputation. They're trying to take a sword to your reputation and destroy you with words and, and different things for one reason or another. But you know that you have walked with God. You know that you've held on and that you have kept things right before God. Remember, He's the judge. And He will see you through this. He will. Verse 36, it says, As it is written, For uh, thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Many, many of us are going to go to a slaughter and we didn't even deserve it. We go to suffering and we didn't even deserve to be uh, going through the suffering that we're going through. But hang on, God sees His sheep. God sees His sheep and you hang on. You hang on with all of your strength and all of your might. God's going to get you through. In verse 37, it says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. God, through Christ, we are a conqueror. Hallelujah. And we are not just a conqueror, but the Word of God says we are more, more than conquerors. We are more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. God is going to get us through because He loves us. Hallelujah. In verse 38, it says, For I am persuaded, I'm pushed about, I'm moved about in my soul, that neither death nor life, anything that happens in this life, nor angels, I don't care what demonic power comes against us, or principalities, whatever Satan might uh, uh, plan against us, nor powers, nor nor things present, like right now, what's happening right this moment, nothing that's happening right now, nor things to come, anything that might be in my future, nor height, no matter how high it may be, or the depth, or how deep this problem is, and this suffering is that you're going through, nor any other creature, I don't care what has come against you, I don't care what the devil has let loose, it says, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, there is no Nothing, my friend, that can separate you from the love of God. Who is, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus paid the price. He loves you and I and he's going to be there for you and I. So you hang on to God. He's going to get you through nothing, nothing, I tell you, nothing, not a thing can separate us from the love of God. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah. The people of God can get through their suffering because the Holy Ghost helps align us to God's ways, to His direction, to His guidance. No matter what it is that we may be going through, God can get us through by the power of the Holy Ghost. And why and how does this work? Because God's people can be assured any present sufferings that causes us causes us major suffering, major pain, what it can do is that it can cause us to look beyond this earth, to look beyond this world, to look beyond the suffering, to look beyond what we're going through, to look beyond what is happening right now. 
and to look to heaven because your treasure is in heaven. Hallelujah. If you've made up your mind to serve the Lord Jesus Christ, hear this preacher. Your treasure is in heaven. Your treasure is there with God. And you've got to get your eye on that treasure. Hallelujah. Get your eye off the problem. Get your eye off the suffering. And turn to the Lord and look to him because he is nigh to you. Hallelujah. God is near you. He wants to help you. He wants to be there for you. He wants to give you strength. He wants to anoint you with power from on high. Hallelujah. And Jesus can give you that right now. Right now. Right now. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, may God strengthen you. May God encourage you. May God bless you right now. May you just lift your hands up and pour your heart out to God. Cry out to Him. And let God hear the deep depths of your soul and the pain that's there. Let it out and lift it up to God. He's there to take that suffering. He's there to take that burden and lift it off of you. If you will just let God have it, He wants to take it and he will bring peace to you that passes all understanding. All understanding. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All understanding. It's a peace that don't make no sense. It's a peace that just makes no sense. But God's got it. God's got it. Hallelujah. And so I want to pray for any and all of you that are suffering from one thing or another, maybe you're suffering a disease that has taken your body and it's just racking you with pain and suffering. Maybe you've lost a loved one in some of these ways that we've talked about. Maybe you're suffering financially and things have just, the bottom has fell out and you don't know what you're going to do. God can help you. And I pray that God can open your eyes and let you see whatever it is that you need to look at to see, uh, to bring that peace and that comfort and to even bring uh, the, the answer to your prayers. So let's go to the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, I bow before you graciously and humbly, Lord. God, I, I, I pray for each and every one of these folks. God, that is suffering through any of these things. Lord, you are a God that prays through Jesus Christ, through our Messiah, through our mediator, the Lord through the Spirit of the living God. You intercede for us and you call out to, for us to the Father. And I plead with you, Lord, right now. I plead with you for anyone that is listening, God, that has suffered 
Maybe they've suffered this past year. Maybe they've suffered the last few years. Maybe they've suffered for a lifetime. But God, Heavenly Father, I know through Jesus that you want to comfort us and you want to help us to get on through. And so, God, I'm asking you, Lord, right now, Lord, take these folks that are suffering and hurting. Lord, let them feel your presence right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, let them feel your hands. Touch them, Lord. Let them feel your hand touch them, mighty God. That they feel your presence and your touch. And that, God, you would send a comforting spirit to them. And, Lord, let them feel that peace that passes all understanding that don't make no sense. And, Lord, I know that you suffered when you were upon this earth. And you were, Lord, a Messiah that you know our suffering and you know our hurt because you suffered and you hurt. And so because of that, Lord, we can go to you and we can know that you feel the infirmities of our heart and our soul and the pain that we can feel. And Lord, it says that nothing is going to separate us from your love. God, no matter what anybody says, no matter the hurtful things that may be said, no matter the pain that may be inflicted on others that we suffer at the hands of others, my God, you said that we, Lord, would not be separated from your love, God, no matter how high it may be, no matter how deep it may go, but God, you are not going to allow us to feel separated from your love, but in the name of Jesus, you are going to bring these folks, each and every one of them that hears this prayer and hears this message, God, and you're going to bring them before your presence and you are going to touch them, Lord, I pray, and give them a peace and give them a comfort, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Uh, let them feel you, Lord, from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Uh, Lord, uh, move on them, Lord. Comfort them, Lord, and bring a peace, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, they've been struggling. They've been battling. They've been beaten down, Lord. But God, I know that you're able. I know your word said Lord there's nothing that's going to separate us from your love you're going to hang on to us you're going to love us you'll never leave us nor forsake us you're going to give us peace and comfort mighty God in the blessed holy name of Jesus we pray my God hallelujah Jesus oh mighty God I pray the Lord has touched you I pray that the mighty God of heaven is touching you right now. That the Holy Ghost is moving into that room or that car or wherever you are. Oh, hallelujah. And that God is touching you right now. That God is moving on your soul right now. And you are feeling a release in Jesus' name of all the burden you've been carrying. Let it go and give it to Jesus. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And I want to say one more word. 
anybody that's listening, if you have a gun in your hand and you're wanting to take your life, listen to me. Don't do that. God loves you. Don't do that. God loves you more than you will ever know. Life is going to get better, and it may not get better on this earth, but listen, there's a day coming, and you can't get there if you take your own life. Because God is the life giver. God wants to turn your life around. He wants to give you peace. He wants to help you through. Look, I know things could look bad. It could look really bad. But God wants to get you through. God wants to help you on out. Now, I don't know if I'm speaking to somebody right now in Jesus' name, but please understand the Lord loves you. He loves you, and he's going to get you through. So lay that thing down. Lay it down right now. Don't let it loose. And by that, I mean don't let it loose on you. Lay it down and cry out to Jesus. Just put it away and cry out to Jesus. Lift your hands up to heaven and cry out to the Lord because he's there for you. He's there right now. And he loves you and he wants to give you life. He wants to help you through whatever it is that's caused you to come to this point. And he can do it. He can do anything. God is able to do anything. So hang on. Take courage, my friend. Jesus loves you. I love you. There are many people out there that love you, say you don't even know me. I don't. But I do know that the Lord loves you with all of his heart. And those that the Lord loves, we should love too. And so you hang in there. May God send you the persons that you need to help you through whatever this difficult time is in your life that has caused you to feel like there's nothing left to live for. Please know there's a better day. Please know there is a better day. And you can feel the love of God. You can feel Him if you just reach out to Him because He loves you. And may the Lord keep you. And with that said, I pray that each and every one of you will hang on to the Lord. No matter what our suffering is, Jesus is going to get us through and we're going to be all right. In the blessed holy name of God, the precious name of Jesus, amen.